how you invest, what your, your tolerance for risk is, is completely up to you. And don't listen to your, to your neighbor or your brother-in-law because you, you are not them. It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Glad to have you back on My Retirement Clarity alongside Lee Perkins over at JL Perkins Wealth Management and Macon. I am Ben George, and we are glad to talk to you today about going against the grain. Lee, are you, are you someone that kind of bucks the, the mainstream trends very often? I, th- I think my wife would agree <laughs> that I that I do that probably more often than I should. So, yeah, I would say that that that's probably describes me pretty, pretty well. Well, perfect. This is going to be great. Then this episode today, we're going to go through some of the common areas of financial planning, some of the advice that's uh, usually handed out and why a good financial advisor might just go against the grain with a lot of the mainstream ideas that are out there. Because, you know, being a good advisor isn't about being popular and, you know, just being a yes person for someone, right? It's about saying things that need to be said and making sure you're addressing your client's concerns. So we'll do that today on the podcast. But Lee, what else is going on with you? Not a whole lot. We've uh, had a a website redesign that we're excited about. Uh, it's going to kind of be a combination of our, our our podcast website, the financial planning firm website, so somebody can go to one location. Got a lot of great resources there, of course, uh, a couple of uh, tax resources that people can download and just a, a better way for them to connect with us. Also, people can go on the website and they'll be able to click. And I think by the time this episode airs, the website will be live. So I'm talking about it right now, uh, you know, the, in middle, what are we, middle August right now. Yeah. Um, so by the time this episode airs, the the website will be full and it'll be live. And you'll be able to go and uh, download a few resources, but also subscribe to our, I call it our infotainment or our edutainment email. It's kind of a, just a different way of, uh, getting some financial information, certainly information that you're not going to hear on the uh, the mainstream financial uh, media that is out there. So yeah. uh, we're excited about that. Great. Well, you can jot this down, myretirementclarity.com. If you're here, that's the best way to remember how to get to Lee's website, myretirementclarity.com. And again, anything we discuss today, if you want to discuss it further, or if you just want to take the next step and begin your financial planning process, you can do so by visiting talkwithlee.com, and you can schedule a meeting directly there from the website. All right, well, let's talk today about going against the grain. We've got a, a list of different financial topics and you know common areas where people have opinions on each of these, and we'll see where you weigh in, Lee, and whether or not it goes against some of the more mainstream ideas and strategies that are out there. So let's start off with the appropriate amount of risk that a retiree or pre-retiree should have. I know there's plenty of rules of thumb out there that you can follow, but where do you stand? Yeah. You know, there, there are a lot of rules of thumb out there. The, 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 what is it? The rule of 100 where you subtract your age from that. And that's the amount of equities you should have. I I don't buy into those things because to me, the amount of risk that somebody's comfortable with is just a very personal uh, matter. And it usually depends on their life experiences up to that point. Uh, and so this is one of the reasons that I'm not worried at all that that robots are going to 
replace financial advisors in the future because they can't listen and understand somebody's background and, and what they've been through. Uh, sure, they can have somebody fill out a questionnaire and, and assign a portfolio based on those answers, but a computer or a robot is never going to be able to dig deeper and find out the why. And so, you know, j just because you're 35 doesn't mean that you should use a, a, an aggressive portfolio. Uh, and just because you're 70 doesn't mean that you need to put all your money in a CD or a money market or something like that. I mean, I've had 35-year-olds invest like they're 70, and I've had 70-year-olds invest like they're 35. Uh, so, you know, so it, it really just depends. But I know everybody wants the perfect portfolio for them, uh, which doesn't exist, by the way. Uh, but but they want a portfolio that is the exact best match for them. And, and I tell people all the time, the best portfolio for you is the one that you can stick with in, in up markets and in down markets. You don't want to be jumping around all the time. And, and I think my clients do a really good job of, of remaining calm when markets don't cooperate because they've, they've been through it before. They've seen it happens. Uh, doesn't mean they don't get concerned or get nervous when things are going haywire, but they know that this is just a part of investing. So how you invest, what your, your tolerance for risk is, is completely up to you. And don't listen to your, to your neighbor or your brother-in-law because you, you are not them. Yeah, no question. What about life insurance? Uh, the appropriate use of life insurance. I mean, I think people, you know, I guess believe commonly that, hey, I'm in retirement. I don't have as much use for life insurance as maybe someone that's got a family that's younger, has a lot of expenses. But what do you think about life insurance, Lee? Yeah, life insurance is one of those things that there's probably not an, an easy way to determine exactly how to use it. And, and this is probably because life insurance can do a ton of different things. At the end of the day, the primary purpose of life insurance is to insure somebody's life. So it's to provide a death benefit when the insured person dies. It can also be very complicated. All you have to do is, is flip through a 47-page a life insurance illustration and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So it's not an easy thing to understand sometimes. Um, and so a lot of times because of the complexity, people just just pass on it. Um, and I, But I would tell you, you know, if you meet with somebody who works for a captive life insurance company and this is all they do, there's a very strong probability that their solution is going to include some type of life insurance product. Uh, why? Well, I, you know, it's, it's because that's what they sell. And, and I've met people before and I can look at them and they've got four or five different insurance policies and I can say, hey, you ran across a, a really good life insurance salesperson and they're like, yeah, I think I did. Uh, but, you know, when I dig deeper and try to find out why they had the policies and what's the purpose, man, it's it's very, very rare that I can, uh, you know, that I hear from somebody that can tell me exactly why they have the policy and how it was structured and all those kind of things. So, Ben, I don't know if I answered the questions there or not. I probably didn't. But life insurance, you know, if, if used properly, can be a very, very valuable part of an overall plan. Um, and I think I've said this before on the, sh on the show, uh, life insurance is a product, of course, it's, it's a tool, but I, I really think it's, it's the only financial product that, that I can think of, again, if it's properly structured, that will do exactly what it says it will do, when it says it will do it, even if you're not around to see it happen. So, you know, I, I'm a fan of life insurance. 
All right. Very good. Um, let's talk debt next then. Um, how do you handle debt? Because there's plenty of opinions on what you should take care of first, how best to pay off debt, what you can afford, good debt, bad debt, all this stuff. But do you go against the grain at all on debt, Lee? Yeah, I think I probably do. Uh, I could probably spend a, a whole show talking about debt. And, you know, my, my stance on debt has has definitely changed over the years. I think early on, really before I got into this industry, I would call myself a uh, an old student of Dave Ramsey's. And I've talked about that on the show before. Uh, so, of course, early on, I considered all debt to pretty much be an evil thing. But you know, now that I've got a, a greater knowledge of, of money and, and how it works, um, you know, I, I know how debt can be used properly. It, it can be used to build wealth. And, and and I know if I, you know, Ben, if I called the Dave Ramsey radio show today and told him about my stance on debt, I mean, he would wear me out on the air. <laughs> uh, I, I know he would do that. But if he were in my conference room and he would sit there and listen to me. And I know he wouldn't do it because he's going to talk over somebody and he does it on the radio. You know, you hit the mute button and you can silence the person on the phone. <laughs> if he's in my conference room, I don't know that I could silence him other than, you know, putting a, a towel in his mouth or something. Uh, but anyway, if he could listen to me, I could, I could easily show to him and illustrate how debt, debt, you know, if, if again, if used wisely can be a good thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that have, a lot of debt who are extremely, extremely wealthy. Uh, and there's a lot of people that have no debt that are, that are very, very poor. So we've got to remember that the whole Dave Ramsey thing, you know, his audience, you know, a lot of those folks are, are in over their heads a little bit financially. Um, most of the time, not all the time. Um, you know, these people are, they're in some type of serious debt. So his, his advice to them on the radio show is for a certain segment of society of society. And I'll tell you, he he's he's very, very good at what he does. Uh, I've probably given away a hundred of his books because I think his what he teaches is the best way for somebody to get out of debt. Uh, but again, my I'm I'm not a fan of the belief that all debt is evil, you know. Again, no matter what Dave Ramsey says. Um, and I've got a buddy of mine that jokes all the time and he's, you know, he knows we're building, building a house at the most expensive time in the world to, in, in our history to build a house because of building supplies and all that. And he just jokes with me. He said, man, Dave Ramsey would be so ashamed of you. <laughs> so we get a good laugh at that. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely one of the louder voices when it comes to debt, for sure. He uh, is. Everybody can find his opinion. Hey there, sorry to interrupt the show, but I wanted to take just a quick second to tell you about our new e-newsletter called Uncommon Sense. Now I know the last thing you probably want is another email from a financial firm giving you the same old industry jargon that every brokerage firm out there gives you. I get it. Nobody wants that stuff because it's boring. But our newsletter is anything but boring. Information plus entertainment is infotainment. And that's the goal. And that's what Uncommon Sense is. So we want to inform you in a very entertaining way so you'll get stories of how financial planning works in the real world and not some corporate boardroom of a Wall Street firm. You'll also get access to a lot of other great resources. So just head on over to our website, www.myretirementclarity.com and click on the Uncommon Sense logo. Just put in a good email address and you'll be good to go. Now, back to the show. All right. How about paying off the house? You got a mortgage that you're you're work you're winding down on, and maybe you're in retirement or getting close to retirement, and trying to decide whether or not you should go ahead and pay that off now. What do you think, Lee? 
Yeah, now this is a question that I get probably three or four times a month. Uh, should I pay off the house? I actually, you know, today is August the 15th or 16th when we're recording this. I got this question yesterday. Um, and, and I would say, uh, you know, of course, the answer to this is it it depends. Now, most of the time I'm, I'm getting this question from people who are, you know, they're clients of mine. So they're either retired or almost retired and, and they've got a little bit of house debt. But in most situations, they've only got a few years left to pay on the house. And so they, they asked me, hey, should I take out some money from, from my IRA or out of cash or whatever and pay the house off? Well, as we walk through this, most of the times, and I dig a little bit deeper, you know, these people are usually under 4% interest or some even under 3% interest. So not a lot of uh, interest, you know, especially when compared to what an interest rate would be now. Um, and, and also they're so far along in the mortgage that most of the payment at this point is going towards the principal. And so, you know, unless somebody's just losing sleep that, that they have a house payment, I would tell them to keep the mortgage. Um, and of course, keep that money that you were going to use to pay it off because I think that money in, in your bank or your IRA or wherever it is allows you the freedom and the flexibility to take advantage of another opportunity in the future. Uh, we know markets are cyclical. And instead of taking that $75,000 from, from your bank and paying off the house, I mean, you might use that $75,000 to grow your, your net worth. I mean, you can, you can invest the money. Uh, markets down, so you can, it's a great opportunity to, to buy low or you can use that $75,000 to put down on a second home. Now, you may want, not want to do that right now because of where the housing market is, but certainly there's going to be an opportunity in the future for you to use that money to, again, like we just said, talking about Dave Ramsey, to to increase your net worth. So, you know, to me, it's all about having access to the money in the future for another opportunity. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on paying off the house. But again, being a, if somebody's laying in bed at night and, and they're just they can't sleep because they owe $40,000 on the house. Take take a distribution and pay off the house and then sleep better. Yeah, good point. I know a lot of people do it too because of the, the tax benefit, right, for for having the mortgage. But Yeah, and, and that's changed a little bit since the Trump tax cuts. Uh, a lot of people aren't able to, you know, itemize anymore. So, yeah, that that's not as prevalent nowadays. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. People do want to carry a mortgage sometimes because of the they can deduct the mortgage interest. Well, if you are thinking about tax planning and just kind of tying it in real quickly, Lee, your ticking tax time bomb book offer is a great tool for anyone that wants to think further ahead with their tax planning. That's correct. So uh, we talk about this every single show. And if, if you're tired of hearing about it, I apologize, but I'm, I'm this passionate about helping you pay less taxes over, over your lifetime. So if you want a copy of this book, text the word Diffuse, D-E-F-U-S-E, to 478-475-2050. Uh, you'll get a link reply back to your phone that will give you a spot to put in your name and address, and we'll we'll pick up the shipping and get that book right out to you. Yeah, great tool, and, and we offer it to anybody that listens to the podcast. We've had a lot of people take you up on that too, Lee, and I know we've got Yeah, I really feedback. have. More and more, I mean, we get, I, I don't know how many we send out, five or five or seven, eight, ten books a week. We send it out to folks all over all over the country. All right, our last one here, Lee, going against the grain. How much should you have in cash? I know a lot of people are thinking about that right now with, with inflation the way it is, trying to outpace inflation, wondering, do I have too much cash in here? And there are plenty of common opinions on how much cash to have, but what do you think? 
Yeah, so this to me really dovetails off of the previous answer that I gave for the the question that you just put out there. Uh, but I think you're you're right. Probably talking about cash for an emergency fund it, it's a it's a, a really good thing, and I think it's a great question. And of course, the answer: how much cash do you need? Uh, it, it depends. So, so in my opinion, somebody with a paid off house and no debt uh, that's got maybe twenty five hundred dollars a month of living expenses. They've got a different risk factor, a different exposure to something that could go wrong than somebody who's got little or no cushion every month and and still owes a lot uh, of debt. So to me, there's really two rules of thumbs here, um, and I'm not a, a big proponent of of the rules of thumb like we talked talked about earlier. But I know a popular amount of people to say is, hey, you should have three or six months of living expenses. In, in cash. Uh, and then this might be okay for some people, but again, it depends on, I think, what you do for a living. Uh, if you're in sales and your salary is 100% commission-based, you probably want to have a, a bigger emergency fund than, than three or six months. Uh, if you own a business, you're you're likely going to need way more than that in savings. And, you know, some, some people would say you need 12 to you know, nine or 12 months of, of operating cash in emergency fund. I think for a business, it's nice to have, you know, a year, year and a half, maybe even two years of, of, of expenditure so that, you know, if, if a, a worldwide pandemic happens and, and cash flow is affected, you're ready for it. Um, so Ben, I remember, you know, Pam and I got serious about sort of getting out of debt early on when we were, you know, students of Dave Ramsey. This is probably 18 or 19 years ago. We were disciplined enough. And for the very first time, we saved up an emergency fund. And I remember when that thing hit $10,000, it literally changed how we slept at night. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it gave us the peace knowing that if something happened, you know, we wouldn't have to use a credit card. But today, ten thousand dollars is is not enough of a emergency fund. But you know, back then, man, that that was a that was a just a big security blanket for us. So yeah, I'm a big fan of you having a lot of cash on hand. I'd probably err on the side of having more cash on hand. I think that's better. And and, and don't worry about what it earns. I mean, the banks don't want our money right now. Uh, but but that's not really the point. The point is for it to be there when you've got an emergency or to be there if you want to take advantage of some type of a future opportunity. Mm -hmm. Well, good stuff. As always, Lee, you know, going against the grain here again, you know, your advisor might have a different opinion than what's out there uh, in the mainstream and what you might hear on TV, but that's what they need to do. They're there for you. They're there to look out for your best interests and help you plan for your retirement specific to yourself and your family. So again, if you want to just talk with Lee, Visit talkwithlee.com. You can schedule a meeting there. It's the best place to get started, easiest way to do so. And again, you can always log on to myretirementclarity.com. We've got one quick question I want to get to you, Lee, since we talked taxes a little bit and talked about your, your book offer. Let's go ahead and tie it into a question that came in from Mark and Warner Robbins and uh, close it out on this note. I was under the impression that tax laws from a few years ago would mainly benefit rich people, but I'm the definition of middle class and it appears my taxes were a lot lower again this year than they were a few years ago. Do you think I did something wrong? Um, no, no, I, yeah, I don't think you did anything wrong. There, a lot of people benefited from the, the, the tax cuts back in 2018. Uh, when, when we hear this whole rich, rich people, middle class, lower class, man, I, I, I'm of the opinion that the media is just out there to just 
continue to get us fighting with each other. Uh, wealth envy is one of the tools that, that they use all the time. So no, man, enjoy the tax cuts. Um, Cause like I said before, I, you know, I think taxes are going to increase for everybody, despite what they are telling us. I think, uh, you know, of course in the media now is, is these tax increases are, are not going to affect anybody who makes under $400,000 per year. Uh, I don't believe that one iota, and and I don't think you probably should either. So enjoy the tax breaks uh, right now because you know you're probably going to pay more in the future. So now, good good question. I appreciate you uh, emailing that question in. Yeah, and again, for anyone with tax questions, or if you have an interest in learning more about taxes, you can always text Diffuse to four seven eight four seven five two zero five zero to get that ticking tax time bomb book offer that we provide here on the podcast. All right, Lee, we'll close it out on that note. We appreciate everything today that you provided us. And uh, thank you for listening to my retirement clarity. Got an episode coming every single week now. So please hit subscribe on the podcast and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Ben. Lee Perkins here, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the show today. If you like our podcast, we would be honored if you would share the show with others. And one great way to do that is by posting the show to your social media pages or by just telling others about it. Either way, we would really appreciate it. And of course, if you do enjoy the show, we would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star review. And this certainly helps other people like you find our show. And if you want to learn a little more about our firm and how we help people have the best retirement they can possibly have, go check us out at www.myretirementclarity.com. There are a lot of great resources that you can access directly on the website. And of course, if you want to have a conversation with me, you can visit www.talkwithlee.com. And this will take you directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a 15-minute phone call so I can learn a little bit more about your situation. Of course, everybody is not a great fit for our firm, but if I think we can add value and put you in a better situation, I'll let you know and we can certainly talk about the next steps. So thanks again for tuning into the show and we'll catch you next time. Investment advisory services are offered by JL Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.